Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Friday, February 16th. Let's jump into today's top stories. The Pac-12 and Commissioner George Klyovkov have mutually agreed to part ways, effective February 29, according to a statement from the conference. The Athletics' Nicole Auerbach reports Deputy Commissioner Teresa Gould is likely to be promoted to commissioner, according to a source who adds that Washington State and Oregon State have been working to determine what is needed from the conference office for a two-school conference. NC State AD Boo Corgan inks an extension through June 2029. Chancellor Randy Woodson said, under Boo's outstanding leadership, NC State Athletics is experiencing new levels of competitive, academic and financial success. We are fortunate to have such an experienced and well-respected leader to help us navigate through the ever-changing landscape of college athletics. Financial terms of the extension have yet to be made available. College AD reports Corgan's base salary will start at $713,125 and increase $50,000 each year. Additionally, Corrigan will receive $700,000 as part of a supplemental package, which will also increase by $50,000 each year. He is also eligible to receive up to $300,000 in bonuses and would be owed the remaining base pay due to him for the remainder of the contract if he is let go without cause. Should Corrigan leave for another Division I AD post, he would owe the university 50% of his current base salary times the number of years left on his contract. Louisiana Tech was set to begin interviewing AD candidates this week, and President Jim Henderson says, we hope to announce the new AD the last week of February. That's our timeline and it is very aggressive. But your timelines are flexible. Finding the right person is non-negotiable. That's what we're going to do. Henderson also notes school leaders have met with constituents from on and off campus, including fans and alumni. We had a number of conversations with fans and alumni that have an interest. And to their credit, they have said, you know, I don't want to get into the business, but kind of tell me what where we're going and what you think. And, and all of them seem to support this idea that we can compete with any like institutions. Meanwhile, Henderson acknowledges tech's budget challenges may cause a slight change to the definition of success for the next AD, saying, if we can get an athletic director who is going to give us at least five to six years, and if they want to lead, they leave better than they found it, that's going to be the real success. And I think most fans would be thoroughly satisfied with it. The NCA has begun its RFP process following last month's adoption of NIL transparency and consumer protection measures, according to On3's Pete Nakos, who notes the NCA is now accepting bids for its agent registry, disclosure database and education program. The deadline to submit proposals is next Friday with a decision expected by the end of March. NACOS adds, the registration of NIL service providers will include agents, financial advisors and others who support college athletes in NIL arrangements. Completely voluntarily, information sent to the NCAA would be published in a registry for athletes to access. In the registry, athletes could review their experiences with those service providers. In a previous statement, the Division I Council said it would be similar to a Rate My Professor platform. Western Carolina AD-women's basketball selection committee member Alex Gary joined Southern Conference Associate Commissioner for Brand Strategy and Broadcast Dave Friedman to discuss the latest updates from the committee's meetings. Gary explains the process of selecting officials for the tournament has left him confident in the those who are chosen, saying, officials are evaluated, they're graded, they try to eliminate any sort of conflicts when it comes to officials going to certain schools and officiating those games and being from certain areas and officiating those games. There's a lot that goes into it, so I was really happy to see all of the oversight associated with officiating. 
Asked what teams and leagues can do to differentiate themselves from one another once conference play starts, Gary says, you've certainly got to win games, but also it's how you win. I know when we were evaluating a couple of teams for top 16 consideration, when you look at how they're winning the games, it's not just that they're winning games, but they're beating teams by double digits repeatedly. They're winning games on the road, they're winning games at home. I think that how you look and that eye test that we talked about a little bit in our last conversation is extremely important. Paramount Global and Comcast have engaged in recent talks about joining forces in streaming through a partnership or joint venture, among several potential strategic options the entertainment company is pursuing, according to The Wall Street Journal's Jessica Tunkel and Amal Sharma, who add, a weaker-than-expected ad market and continued declines in pay TV subscribers have pushed Paramount to aggressively cut costs to meet its promise to investors that it will deliver positive earnings. Growth in 2024 this week, the company cut around 800 jobs, or 3% of its workforce. Bringing the two streaming apps under one roof could produce significant cost savings, from spending on programming to marketing, and create a more in-depth offering for consumers, especially with regard to live sports. A commercial partnership or joint venture are among the arrangements the companies could pursue. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Friday, February 16th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.